Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the coach. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, of course, longtime Utah Jazz assistant coach. He joins us each and every Monday, our good friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa. What's going on, Coach? Jake, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Hey, I appreciate that, uh, Coach. We love having you on every single week. Always uh, love getting a little wisdom from you. Let's let's start out, though, uh, talking diagnosing what happened on Saturday night. The Jazz unexpectedly lose to Minnesota. The T-Wolves played hard, played that pressure D, and uh, the Jazz couldn't score. Very much that. one oh one ninety six. 96 unfortunate loss for the Jazz. It all started on defense, the intensity level, Jake, by the T-Wolves. They were in and out of the passing lane, causing havoc, and they were absolutely the more physical team that night. And then the lane defense, they got a lot of ball strips as far as when the Jazz players went up way too uh, strong, way too a finish, I should say, and they lacked the strength and physicality as finish, and that created so many turnovers and miscues. And the last part about that is that the T-Wolves scored 23 points off the Jazz 20 turnovers, and that was the game. When, uh, Coach, uh, from the sidelines, when you're coaching a team, can you tell when the focus isn't there? I mean, that's something Coach Snyder talked about in the post game. That's got to be frustrating from that standpoint, I'm guessing. Yeah, you can tell on the sideline just how the, the lack of um, velocity, is, whether it's cutting, ball movement, spacing, defensively, uh, being in, with technique, uh, uh, double teaming in the post and sprinting out of it, uh, going to the, both the boards, offense and defense. So the lack of focus, a lot of it is, is, the, is the really the, um, the deficit of physicality. So focus and physicality are always in play. Uh, Coach, give, me, give us your thoughts on the number one pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards. I thought he played great on Saturday. He sure did. He's, uh, he's so young also. He's only 19 years young. And so I think about him, Jake, visualize him when he's 25, as far as having six years experience in the NBA, how gifted and talented he is. The game on Saturday night here at, in Salt Lake City, he gets um, 23 points, nine rebounds, but here's really the interesting part about it, five steals and four assists. So it was a tremendous all-around effort. Besides scoring the ball, he impacted the team. He is absolutely gifted, and he is a guy that they can go forward with as far as them trying to make the playoffs. Definitely next year. Ironically, Jake, the T-Wolves are already out of the playoffs. They've been eliminated yesterday when other teams won. 
He's so athletic, Coach. I mean, he really passes the eye test. Uh, this this may be an obvious question. I, I'm not sure. But who's who was the most naturally athletic player that you've seen? LeBron James. Yeah, it's probably pretty obvious. No, Le- LeBron yeah. James, he was uh, incredible as far as the, the, and still is at age 36. And, you know, it's interesting, Jake, with LeBron type people because he's injured right now. None of us talking about him. But I'm sure he's resting, he's, uh, he's resting his high ankle sprain when he comes back, minus the first, you know, game or two, as far as being slightly rusty, he'll be ready for the fray. So he's absolutely gifted. And a lot of times, Jake, a person could be gifted athletically, but makes players great is when they combine the their athletic gifts with uh, with the basketball savvy and the skill level to be once in a gener- generational player and that's LeBron type people. LeBron's built like Carl moves like John coach. That's exactly right. I always said that he's built like Carl Malone, but after that he moves like Magic Johnson as far as the way he's pass happy. And when you when you have um, length, you can pass over the defense, and that makes in jazz basketball so interesting. Is is Joe Ingles? It's a Joe being six foot eight. A lot of times when a switch defense guards him, he has the luxury of passing over small defenders, and that's besides innately that makes him such an effective passer. Speaking of Joe, last game he goes one for nine, which is very uncharacteristic because we know Joe is is the best three point shooter in the NBA. So hopefully tonight in a in a in a Minneapolis that he can get his shooting touch back again. If you had a six man of the year vote, coach, would you vote for Ingles or Clarkson, or which one would you pick? I'd vote for Jordan Clarkson, but Joe is absolutely closing the gap, and he would be second. So Jordan B1, again, it's his whole body of work. He's an absolutely instant offense, Jordan Clarkson off the bench. And I know he struggled on Saturday. And that was by the good defense by uh, uh, Josh uh, Okoji and also by uh, the switch defense by uh, Jared Vanderbilt. So both him and uh, Jordan and uh, Joe both struggle with the guys playing defense as far as on him. My vote, my, uh, Jake, here's my top five as far as six men of the year. All right, number, f- number five would be Derek Rose. Number three, four would be, excuse me, Chris Boucher of the Toronto Raptors. Three would be Montrez Howell of the Clippers. Two would be Joe Ingles. And one would be uh, Jordan Clarkson, which is really a great award where you're six men of the year, which means that you come off the bench, you're instant offense, but you impact the game. This is not jazz-related, Coach, but what about, uh, you mentioned Derrick Rose. Um, the Knicks are the hottest team in the league. Uh, Julius Randle is playing at an unbelievable level. I mean, even people who thought he'd be good when he was young in the league never imagined he'd be this good. What about Tibbs uh, is it that gets, his, gets the most out of his teams? What does he do as a coach? He keeps it simple, but there's a huge accountability. So every day, Jake, as far as the reason why Knicks are first in the NBA in defense, again, without being so technical, they do these closeout drills, which means that when the ball goes to the corner on a skip pass, everybody is, has technique-driven, gets to the corner to challenge the three-point shot. We know the corner jump, the corner three is 22 feet, and that's a makeable shot. And ironically, Jake, in jazz basketball, the T-Wolves, remember the game on Saturday night, a lot of those steals they got in the game were what on that corner pass where they perfectly executed the T-Wolves of getting there. In Knickerbocker basketball, everybody does it. So whether you're big or small, they have enough uh, technique and tenacity to guard the corner three. So they defensively, they're absolutely superior. And you know what happens, Jake? When you play solid defense, you suddenly discover your offense. I can't explain it, Jake, 
but the ball always finds you in transition when you play offense, so defense. So when you're running down the floor after playing a, a solid defense, the ball somehow finds you. Or a broken play, the ball finds you, suddenly you score. So defense leads to offense, and that's the Knicks right now. They're the hottest team in the NBA. They've won nine in a row. The Wizards have won eight in a row uh, back east right now. And the Knicks uh, are heading to the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2013, which will be eight years now, which is great. Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Back to the Jazz, Coach. They have Minnesota again tonight. Uh, what adjustments, or what do the Jazz need to do better to get a better outcome for themselves tonight as opposed to Saturday? Well, the first thing is that they got to figure out how they want to play. Uh, how they want to play as far as. Um Call Anthony Towns. He hurt them, both inside and outside. So Rudy or Derek Favors or Boyan Bondanovich, where they've guarded him with a, with a smaller guy out there, you've got to pressure him. So even though he's a big guy, he does have skills. So the question is, can you have enough tenacity and, and a cushion stance to take away his dribble drive, but but an, enough what challenging to contest his uh, long three-point shot. And he impacted that game as far as when they needed baskets. So, uh, so defensively, how do you want to guard Carl Anthony Towns? The second thing is that you've got to realize that if they go out to the corner, Jake, on that three-point shot as far as taking away the Jazz, that gives you now the middle game. So the Jazz had a hard time finishing in the mid-range game. They shot 40% from three, even though we had, had all those turnovers, but they didn't finish in the middle game. So I'm assuming that they're going to take away the Jazz three-point shot. So with Jordan and Joe and Mike Conley, when those guys drive to the basket, Boyan, they've got to finish at that middle game, that 14-footer, consistently the win on the road. And ironically, Jake, it's so crazy. The Jets only have four home losses this year. They've lost twice to the T-Wolves. And the other 28 teams in the league, they've lost a total of only two times. It's amazing. How crazy, Jake. Now, we said that back in, uh, back in, um, uh, back in October, November, December, that we'd say, what are, you, what are you crazy? What are you tripping? That the T-Wolves would, would beat the Jazz twice? Well, it has happened. And that's the beauty of basketball. You think you know, you know nothing. Yeah. It, I'll throw a, an opinion uh, at you real quick here, sure. Coach. Uh, and if, if I'm totally wrong, please tell me. But it seemed to me that they, they really missed Donovan Mitchell against Minnesota over the weekend. And I know that, you know, hot take alert. They missed their best offensive player, you know, lo and behold. But the way that Minnesota plays that pressure, D, the Jazz, uh, you know, Mike Conley can beat his guy off the dribble. But, you know, they needed – Donovan Mitchell and his ability to beat his guy to make him pay for, for playing that defense. Am I far off? No, you're right on point. You're exactly right. And so when, they, when Joe and, and Boyan did it, they couldn't finish. But we know Donovan is superior finisher, again, in the mid-range game. And so when he penetrates, it opens up the three-point shooting because now the defense is frozen. Do I help as far as Donovan Mitchell, who can finish, either go over the top or around you, or do I, uh, do I pause and play like a, a fake defense where I come at you and come back in coverage? And that simple thing as far as Donovan's ability to penetrate and to make plays gives the Jazz an advantageous advantage. Uh, so without Donovan Mitchell right now, here's the math, uh, Jake. The Jazz are 2-2. Two and two. They, won, they lost in overtime to the Lakers. Then they won the Lakers the next game. Then they beat the Rockets, and now they lost to the, at home, they lost to the T-Wolves. So Donovan's there's right now they're two and two without Donovan Mitchell. Now all teams have injuries, but that you can see the Jazz need his all-around play, and he, he's such a, 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 a great clutch performer 
when it's uh, last five minutes of a game, give the ball to Donovan, he makes things happen. I want to ask you about the referees, Coach, not to, to say, boy, were they bad on Saturday, but more, it was so weird. They, uh, An official, I believe, Billy Kennedy, if I'm yeah, not Bill wrong. Yeah, Billy Kennedy got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He, he gets hurt. That's the second time uh, that that's happened to the Jazz this year with the same official, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Yeah, where they go from three to two. Have, I mean, is that weird that that's happened twice this year? And do you think that that did have an effect on how that game was played, at least on Saturday? Well, it's weird because it's the same guy. In Mo- and Jake, just for a reference point, oh, by the way, when the Jazz start the playoffs on May 22nd, there's always a fourth official sitting right there at courtside. So in case someone gets ill or is an injury, that, that, that fourth guy now becomes the third guy. So now it's old school, just like uh, Jake, a high school basketball with his two referees or a summer league game with his two referees, meaning as far as high school or college, as far as pickup games. And it was weird. So you have to adjust. So there was some physicality where when the Jazz did penetrate, there was bumping and uh, grinding. They didn't call it. You've got to absorb the contact and play. So it was weird, but you've got to understand that there'll be less whistles because the referees don't get a true vision of every single play. It's all part of the game. You have to adjust. The Jazz was slow to to it for the to the adjustments. I know the Suns lost yesterday, but the Jazz uh, faced them on Friday this week. Are you surprised that the Suns are this good? I think most of us thought the Suns would be a little better with Chris Paul, certainly. But, I mean, second in the West and playing as well as they are now, do you expect that? Yes, I did, because when Chris Paul's on your team, everything falls into place because you've got a once-in-a-lifetime floor leader that's an unbelievable shooter, doesn't think shot, He's a really tremendous defensive player, both on and off ball, and his leadership skills are superior. So he uplifts Devin Booker. We know he's a major talent. He, uh, the young fella, uh, Mikel Bridges, he's having a career year. Uh, Cameron Payne, who's off the scrap heap, has played well for them. Jay Crowd, a former jazz man, has played well. DeAndre Ayton, who's a young talent, has absolutely uh, played much harder. And then Dario Savage, as far as has played uh, well for them, too. So not surprising. And it's interesting with the Suns is that the Suns have the tiebreaker in the Jazz. So just say, as far as the arithmetic, if the, uh, if the Jazz have it already, if the Jazz and the Suns tie regular season, the first seed will go to the Suns because the Suns right now are 2-0. It could be 3-0 or it could be 2-1. And that game is going to be on Friday night. But in the meantime, the Suns, Jake, have a tough game tonight against the Knickerbockers in the Garden. And then they have a tough game after playing five games on the East Coast. They come back on Wednesday to the Valley of the Sun to play the Clippers on Wednesday night and then the Jazz on Friday. So let's hope that, in the Jazz point of view, that those guys lose some games and the Jazz knock them out more importantly on Friday. Coach Michael Conley is now an Oscar winner, uh, won an Oscar last night. And you've known uh, you know Mike for a long, long time, going back to your days uh, with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies organization. And I guess uh, take this question wherever you want. Tell us, tell us about the Mike Conley you know. Tell us about him as a person. He's very humble. And uh, when we had him, uh, he was 19 years old. He was uh, the fourth pick of the draft back in 2008. And so I saw his whole maturation as far as a person into a basketball player. And uh, he gets it. He's a smart, intelligent guy And uh, as far as uh, off the court. And then on the court, he's add, add to that is that he's, he's highly skilled. And he's really a very 
a quiet leader. He's not as far as demonstrative, but he leads by example. And he's a, he's a professional player, and he's played well for the Jazz this season. And he's a free agent on um, August 1st. So I'm interested to see how it plays out as far as his career with the Jazz, what happens with him, and if, if he stays or he moves on. And but more, more importantly, he said he's had a terrific career as far as this is his 14th year in the NBA. All right, Coach, I understand, speaking of Mike Conley, your list is Mike Conley related. Yes, it is, Jake. So Mike Conley, what uh, Jake was talking about on Friday night, Mike Conley got his 5,000 assists. He got seven assists versus the T-Wolves, which now he has 5,003 Korea, which puts him, Jake, 67th all-time on the NBA regular season Korea list. So what I did is, Jake, the top 10 NBA regular season Korea assist leaders, number 10, Gary Payton, 8,966. He played for 17 years. Number nine, Isaiah Thomas, 9,061. He played for 13 years. Number eight, he still plays for the Lakers. He's hurt right now. This is his 18th season. He has 9,669 assists, LeBron James. Number seven, one of the all-time great players, Oscar Robinson, 9,887, played for 14 years. Number six, the Magic Man, meaning Magic Johnson, 10,141. He played for the Lakers 13 years. Number five, Jake, segue also, we just talked a minute ago, Chris Paul is fifth all-time assist leader. This is his 16th season. Chris has amassed 10,169. Number four, former jazz man, played for the Knicks, also the Pacers, Mark Jackson, 10,334. Number three, Steve Nash, coach of the Brooklyn Nets, third all-time, 10,335 in 18 years. Number two, played mostly with the, Brook- with the New Jersey Nets a long, long time ago, terrific player. Jason Kidd has second all-time with 12,091 assists. He played for 19th season, and number one by far, before I say his name, we all know his name already, he has 3,715 more assists than Jason Kidd. So again, 3,715 more than the second place honoree. John Stockton has 15,806 assists in 19 unbelievable seasons. Thus, that's my list of assists. And, Jake, you know what an assist? Assist makes three people happy. One, the scorer. Two, the passer. Three, the head coach. Is that the uh, most unbreakable record in sports at the moment? Either that, Jake, or in baseball, the 56-game hitting streak. Yeah, that's What do you right. think? Either or. I mean, in baseball, think about it, Jake. 56 straight games to, hit, to get a hit. I mean, you could be a, an incredible hitter, but some of it's luck also. And for the young listeners, we're talking about uh, Joe DiMaggio, this guy that played in yesteryear was an incredible hitter. He had 50, 56, 56 straight games. All right, John Stockton, as far as this generation, more importantly, is, of, is again, 3,715 more than Jason Kidd. So here's my argument why I would say, because I thought of that one, Coach. Great okay. minds think alike. Here's my argument for why Stockton would be more. is because you could have multiple opportunities in one given season to match DiMaggio. Not likely, granted, but you, you'd have multiple opportunities. There are guys who are two or three years into their career as NBA players 
that have been totally eliminated, right? Because Correct. you'd have to average assists at such a rate for the remainder of the year, it would basically make it impossible. Like, I don't even know if there's anybody currently playing that could possibly ba- break that record. That is correct. And you were talking as far as, just as far as the math of it, generally speaking, a guy would have to average probably over 10 assists for 15, 16, 17 years. That's John. John's average for 19 years, 10.5 assists. So, Jake, it's almost like every game you get double-digit assists. Yeah. And remember, you might be pass-happy yourself, but by the way, my teammates are in a shooting slump. They can't finish. I pass the ball on time, on target, for the three-point shot, and wow, what a di- man. What's up with this guy, my, my floor mate? He's <laughs> missed seven straight shots in a row, even though I'm giving him great passes. Yep. Well, Coach, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for jumping on with us, and we'll catch you next week. Actually, you're likely just uh, not going to have me next week, Coach. So hold down the four while I'm gone, will you? Well, Jack, you will be missed by all. And next week again, it's the Jazz are playing next Monday night again. And uh, let's hope that the Jazz win tonight in uh, Minneapolis. Jake, stay well. Thanks, Coach. There's our good friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, uh, jumps on with us uh, on uh, on Mondays. Yeah, it's fun to talk to Coach about Mike Conley because, uh, as Coach mentioned there, he was with the Grizzlies when uh, they drafted Mike, and uh, he's known him for a long, long time. And I, I wanted to ask him that question because I, f- I find Mike Conley really interesting. He seems like a, an incredibly well-adjusted, well-rounded human being. Uh, you know, he... You're doing all the jazz pre-half and post, uh, sit here and, and uh, listen to every post-game media opportunity, you know, here, uh, and you get to know kind of the different personalities and how, how guys uh, approach situations. And, and Mike is always interesting. He's always got an extraordinarily level-headed take on the situation, which I appreciate, which I would, uh, would imagine is part of the reason that he's so popular um, in the locker room and such a good leader and has been throughout his career because he's just got that – you know, he seems like a kind of a normal, rational, level-headed dude who can uh, tackle life's challenges and not break a sweat. I mean, he's just got kind of that aura about him. And then to uh, to be a co-producer on an Oscar-winning film is pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. So anyway, I wanted to get Coach's uh, take on, on the Mike Conley that he's gotten to know over the years. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Rudy Gobert, his—, uh, his um, Media availability today for shoot-around, so stick, uh, stay tuned for that. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Rudy Gobert's availability straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.